Morning Liberty. Some sweet guitar tones. It's pretty good, right? Well, we started with your band yesterday, so yeah. Who's this? Uh, this is the the band that I moved down to Nashville to join. Wow! Yeah, so did some touring for a little bit. I uh, yeah, I supported you guys a lot. You did. Was that almost every show that I could go to? You were there quite a bit. Your band opened up for my band a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting us do that, man. I appreciate it. It helped us out a lot. I, just, I like mentioning that, you know. Yeah. Uh, because, okay. you know, we're just in competition with each other all the time. You have to be. <laughs> we're you, just just men. Yeah. You know. It makes us better. Yeah. No, uh, Darling Parade, you guys did a lot of stuff. I mean, kind of like what we did, but yeah. actually some more. Like, you guys were on MTV, even. We were. We were MTV's artist to watch there for a little bit, so. You won an award for We them? did. We went, we, uh, we played in the... I, I liked it because it was the old TRL studio that they were using for that. So mm. I, I used to watch TRL a lot when I was growing up. And uh, so we went and did a uh, competition there in that studio against some other bands and won that. And uh, we were MTV's artists to watch for a little bit. It's the only time I ever saw myself on TV, actually, because when you turned on, if you put it on MTV, they would run a commercial of one of our live shows that we did. Um, we did an MTV VMA pre-show uh and they would run the clips from that show during like during every commercial i actually so. saw you on tv before that did you see the commercial you were thing? in a supercuts commercial yeah the band was like the the band we of were supercuts. the band for like two years if you saw a band that was female fronted on a supercuts commercial then that was us yeah um i never saw that <clears throat> I had people like messaging me saying that they saw it and everything, and I, I never saw it. I'll be honest, I saw it when I was getting a haircut. Did you really? Yeah. Were you at Supercuts? I was not. Okay. No, I was at uh, Sports Clips. Okay. Because you know they got TVs in there. Yeah, that's playing right. Sports and stuff, and on ESPN that commercial aired. Yeah. Um, we did the Armed Forces Entertainment tours, You've just been like to you guys 14 did. Fourteen countries playing music. Yeah, we did a lot of countries that you would not try to travel to a lot. No. Um, so, you know, we played. Uh, like four different bases in Kuwait and uh, went to Bahrain and Djibouti, Africa. We had to go through Ethiopia to go there. Um, had to go through Saudi to go there, I think. And we also went to UAE. We went to Abu Dhabi. Um, spent some time mm. in Singapore. Uh, I said something yesterday about how in Hong Kong, that was the first time I had trouble talking to someone because I was trying to order a sandwich and they didn't know what I was saying at all. That was our only time we encountered people who didn't speak English. It was in mm. Hong Kong. Wow. Yeah, that was crazy. But everywhere else, all those countries I named, people spoke English at all of now, them. Now, are you sure that your band's okay with you playing that at the beginning? I hope I hope they are. I went ahead and sent an email to myself to ask for permission. And What would self say? Hasn't responded, went to the spam <laughs> folder. Um, but I'm assuming it's going to be okay. Imagine that. Imagine yeah. you, you not responding. <laughs> Seems to be typical. Yeah, I just that's that's actually totally something I would do is yeah. not respond. I'll be honest, you've been a lot better about it, and I've been worse. For it's true, we flip flopped for a while there. You had to text me, and it, it takes like two days to get me to respond to a text. A lot yeah, of times, if, if you even respond, if I respond, yeah, yeah. And you go to that awkward. You ever gotten to that awkward stage with someone where 
you didn't respond and enough time has gone by where like it's kind of weird to respond now right you know um i could there's a there's a group text that i'm in that's been going for a while and i went a little bit without responding because i was really busy and now I feel like it's just really awkward if I pipe in now. You should respond you know? to something from like two weeks like, ago. Like a year later, <laughs> I'm like, ha ha. You know, I go through and like one of some, someone's message on there from like a year ago. That would be awesome. Yeah, I might do that. If you did that. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Darling Parade, you can still check check your stuff out, right? Yeah. You know, that's on uh, iTunes and Spotify. Yeah, go do it. We, S- CD Baby, does that still exist? MySpace, <laughs> all of that stuff. Yeah. So that's that's why I came to Nashville, right. was to do that. So when I got done doing that, I started flipping houses, which was crazy. Yeah. Real crazy. Did that with uh, actually the lead singer in that band. I flipped houses for a little bit. We didn't buy and sell them. We did a, had a company that did the labor on it. Um, yeah. So we did 215 houses in Nashville. That's a it's, lot of houses. It was a lot. We worked about 20 hours a day for, for two and a half years. Yeah. So more sleep for me. Not doing that anymore. And that's why I couldn't respond to you, by the way. Oh. I was busy. That's right. I was really, really busy. Yeah, we all have excuses. Yeah. The <laughs> the good thing, the best thing I found about flipping the house is I did that with, you know, the lead singer from my band. She she's really great with that stuff too. But what I found was that I I made more money because I only had to pay her forty percent of what I was getting paid. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, <laughs> no wonder you're still rolling in it. That's yeah, and uh, so you that's know, what happened with you too, with the music and then flipping houses. You're just I'm rolling yeah. now. Yeah, she didn't make anything from it, and and because uh, unfortunately she was in a band with a bunch of guys, and so she like exponentially there, she was only able to get paid like five percent of the money that came in because so much of it had to go to the guys. Right. So. That's exactly how all this works. That's basically how society works. Exactly how it works. Yeah. That's <laughs> for capitalism sure. for you. It is an exact representation of capitalism. Run by a bunch of greedy white Just men. Just misogynist. Yes. You know? That's what it is. So, obviously, rough segue into this soccer team thing. By the way, totally joking. I want to clarify that. Oh, Yeah. Kristen was well paid. We didn't, yeah. She <laughs> she got paid just as much as the rest of us did. We'll just like say when that. you guys got paid for your commercials and stuff. She same, the the same, same, same. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, that's same. not the norm, I guess. Same money. Because yeah. if you look out, you know, <laughs> if you look out some stories out there, you would assume that she you, automatically got paid eighty cents to the dollar that we right. got paid. I think women are just, you know paid less. Yeah, automatically. Now I will say, okay, I want to clarify this. First of all, I want to say um, that we do believe at a fundamental level of people getting, if you want to call it equal pay for equal work. So that means that you are providing. So what is payment? Payment is a representation of of the value that you provided to somebody else and they gave you some money in exchange for that. So whatever value that you're producing for yourself, whether you're selling uh, products or services in the market and what they pay, what people will pay you for that. So whatever value you're providing there or whatever value you're providing to another company or anything like that, then you should get, let's say equal, not equal. I don't even want to say equal pay you should get an equal representation of the value that you're providing. And that's always negotiable, by yeah. the way. Just like you haggle with a car price 
or you haggle with uh, your massage therapist. I don't know. <laughs> I'm actually haggling with somebody right now about this idea that I have that I can't mention. Can't the talk full about it. Sp- scope of this idea, but uh, you're always talking about. Okay, well, you say this price, I say this price. Let's negotiate and find something that mutually benefits both of us. So, what has sparked this discussion, Nate? Is you have been deep diving in the trenches. Oh man, taking grenades. I have, I have been looking at so many numbers today, just trying to get a handle on this because I heard about the whole women's soccer team thing. And if you guys haven't heard about this, so the U.S. women's soccer team they won the FIFA World Cup back to back. That's back pretty awesome. Back. That's amazing. Con- mm-hmm. Congratulations to them. They're obviously very good. That that is true. Uh, they are actually they are better in their uh, in their section than the men are in theirs. I would say when it comes to U.S. Because soccer, because yeah. I don't believe the men's soccer team has won a World Cup. Never have, they? have. no. So, no. Um, so the the women's soccer team is obviously better, but we get these this talk about equal pay now. the The crowd after the women's soccer team won, the crowd was chanting equal pay. And they were also at one point in time chanting F different letters Trump uh, after that. I don't know if you heard that part. I wonder too. what that could so, mean. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't get it. I don't know what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were chanting equal pay. The, the statistic that is out there is that the women's soccer team is paid 40% uh, comparable to what the men are paid. Well, the overall like statistic out there is that women on average are paid less than men. Yeah. I mean, which, so, which isn't, let's say it's not, it isn't not true. It's well, double negative there. Well, the, the, but, but, but the, the key here is, as we're going to get into, Nate, and you're probably the best at this when it comes to, to statistics, is that the words on average. Yeah. I that, hate words like that. That means a lot, by yeah. the way. That takes a lot to unpack. You can't just take a blanket statement like that that says, on average, and then not dig into the actual numbers. So I think, uh, I I think dug, you're going to get into the actual numbers. I dug into some numbers, yeah. It's, so we're going to go U.S. soccer, right? Yeah. And men's soccer, women's soccer. We're going to go back a few years. Yeah, I go back to – actually, I went, at, I went ahead and went back to 2011 because I got some good numbers from there too. So, Just to see what uh, what value so, is provided. One of the the consistent articles I saw posted over the last couple of days was that the women's soccer team 2019, the viewer, the TV ratings, that they actually have more viewers this year than the 2018 men's World Cup. And so I went into the numbers on that. It's, well, automatically you're thinking, well, they definitely got to be making more well, money because now if they're the, bringing in more viewers. Because the obvious argument is... When you respond with this as well, more people watch the men's sports, so uh, you know it sucks, but that's why they're getting paid less. So, so the the um, you know all of the different news outlets have decided they can run with this headline of the TV viewership uh, in the U.S. was higher for the 2019 women's than it was in the 2018 men's. So I, w- I looked into that. And you're talking about viewership from the United States. U.S. viewership, yes. And that, that's what they ran with because it was right around this year, it was around, around 15 million viewers So and in the U.S. So I, I looked that up, and that was, in fact, uh, more viewers 
than the 2018 World Cup had. There's one really, really very important discrepancy in that. What, what do you think that is? Hmm. Um, the men didn't play in like the World Cup final, like they weren't in the final match. Yeah. So that that's true. It can go a little bit further than that as well. Um, let's see. They they weren't the favorite in the final match. They definitely were not the favorite. The odds were not in their favor hmm. at all. Um, they didn't make it out of the round of sixteen. They didn't. They were not actually in the teams that made it out of the round of 16. They were not. Oh, so. No, the U.S. men's team was not. Did they make it no. into the into the So round? the, U, the they... big difference when comparing the U.S. women's TV ratings in 2019 to the TV ratings for the 2018 men's cup is that the U.S. men's team was not in the 2018 World Cup. The... Wait. One more time for everybody out there. Say that one more time. Here's the comparison that's being made. The 2019 U.S. Women's World Cup had more viewers than the 2018 World Cup did in the U.S. More viewers in the U.S. this year than there were last year. Problem? The U.S. men's soccer team was not in the 2018 World Cup. They didn't qualify. They did not even qualify. They were not in the tournament. They they didn't even make it. So, so there's your first thing because they're comparing a U.S. soccer team and saying that they have more viewers this year than a soccer tournament that did not feature a U.S. soccer team last year. Now, we can get into the fact that, you know, the men suck and they should be getting into the World yeah. Cup, you know, but relative to their competition, obviously, and soccer is massive across the world. Yeah. But uh, how in the world can you compare numbers like that when one team doesn't basically like literally doesn't exist in the schema of the tournament they're literally not even they're not there they don't not only did they not take the field (laughs) or not only was like the goalie not in goal like they didn't even have a match scheduled yeah because they, they didn't make it they weren't there they didn't probably didn't even go to russia no and so the next, so I was like, okay, well, that's a pretty difficult thing to compare together. So let's just compare it to the last time that the U.S. men's soccer team actually did make it into the tournament. So you did your due diligence, and you're like, okay, yeah, when the men actually did get into the tournament. Now the women, they won it, so they played. They won. The, they played in the final match, and they won the championship and they were game. Favored to win. Yeah. So all of that. Hype was there. They also played at a time during the day, by the way. We did not even take into account the primetime hours that the games were in because the men's uh, championship, all of that was in Russia, and the timing to watch those games was very, very difficult. Right. So this is the difference between when the men were in the tournament, which was 2014, and they only made it. They placed 15th. I looked it up. They placed 15th. In 2014. So they didn't even make it out of the round of 16. No, they placed 15th. So the men's TV viewership in the United States was 26 million in 2014 compared to when they were only finishing 15th compared to the women going all the way to the championship game favored to win and pulling 15 million viewers. So there's a pretty... um, 
we're already uh, getting the very backwards comparison here that that's just going to kill the point of the equal pay for equal work. Which, by the way, equal work. You know what? The women probably do. They they work as hard as the men do. Maybe harder. Right? Who knows? Uh, They're so still running a lot. Equal by pay the way. for equal work. Yeah, they still are running up and down the same soccer field. I don't know how many of you guys out there watch soccer or uh, football, as my friends down south like to call it. <laughs> um, or actually, that's what they call it around the world. Yeah. But I don't know how many of you guys watch that, but literally, it's a lot of running. Like, you have this giant open field, and I don't know all the like schemas and stuff. You know, they do have plays and. You got some goalies, and there's about 15 to 30 people on the same team, and you just run around like constant sprints. Yeah, I mean, I I almost throw up and pass out just watching soccer. Yeah. It's it's too much, way too much. So they're working hard. So when you say equal pay for equal work, that can kind of get misconstrued. It becomes a little bit emotional because, you know, they, they are working just as hard. The problem is hard work is just one portion of what determines the pay. Because there are people out there uh, digging ditches or pouring concrete sidewalks that work a lot harder than I do. It does not necessarily mean that their labor is valued as highly by the market. I'm sorry. It just isn't. So, or it doesn't mean that yours is either. No. Right? Depending it, on what you do. It, it doesn't matter how hard you're working is what I'm saying. It, it does right. not matter. Someone sitting in a desk listening to this today is not working as hard as someone who is working outside weed-eating people's yards, yet they do expect to get paid more. Physically, like physical labor. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to look at was the attendance of the games because a really big part of the income for FIFA is going to be ticket sales for the games. So I did look at the 2019 average attendance and I, for the Women's World Cup, and then I looked at the 2018 attendance for the Men's World Cup. So what I found was they were both exactly the same. Well. No, that is not what I found at all. Uh, in the 2019 <laughs> Women's World Cup, the average attendance per her, uh, is that a match or a game? It's a game. It's, it's a not tennis. It, is it? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's match. Are we tennis here? Is that what's? Is that what it is? A no. soccer match? Well, tennis is worldwide. You know, who knows? Soccer's worldwide. I think it's I a match. Know. Whatever it was, the average attendance for the women's World Cup was twenty-two thousand. The average attendance in twenty eighteen for the men's was forty-seven thousand. Hmm. So. We're over twice as much in attendance on average per game. Now, let's, let's look at the total ticket sales. The Women's World Cup 2018 brought in just over a million in total attendance, total ticket sales, while the Men's 2018 World Cup brought in over three million in total attendance and total ticket sales. That's three times as much. It's three times as much. And let's not forget to mention that the Men's World Cup was in Russia and the women's was in France. Which one of those do you think is easier to get people to go to for some kind of game? Now, it must be the case, Nate, that there were less people that went to the women's game because the ticket prices were too high. That's it. Yeah. And the men's ticket prices, they had more people go to those games because they were basically giving the tickets away for free. That's you would think that that might be the case. So I did look into the average ticket price for the Women's World Cup and for the Men's World Cup. Uh, the average ticket price for the 2018 Men's World Cup was $203 per ticket. 
is what it came out to. That's not free. That's not free. No. Hmm. The women's for 2019 average ticket price was $75. That's not free either. But no. That, that's, those are different numbers. They're, they're very different numbers. So what you see is they, had, they sold three times as many tickets at over twice as much money per ticket, meaning uh, that number came out to just pure ticket sales. The ticket revenue was eight times as much from the men's soccer than the women's. Not even to mention like more people, probably more concessions. Oh yeah, that's more there's beer, there's exponential value on top more of that. Gear yeah. bought, yeah, things like that. I mean, that's all that all goes into the prize pool, right? Yeah, so <clears throat> I was not able to pull concessions revenue from me. Well, that's each. okay. I mean, you could probably infer yeah, uh, safely. Now, we don't like to speculate on the show, but typically when I go to a game and you know the stadium's full of people, uh, there's a lot more beer sales than yeah. if like, there's only half of the stadium full. Well, if you're going to sell things to half of the people that come to the stadium, then uh, a lot more people is going to equal... A whole lot more money. Right. It's, it's just is what it is. So I also wanted to look at the prize pools. The thing that uh, the other fact I saw thrown around was that the the women's prize pool, what the champions were paid, was $4 million this year. That's what they paid out to the champions, $4 million. Like as a team, $4 million As total. a team for the $4 million, the, the championship okay. team. So for the men's in 2018, that was thirty-eight million in in 2018 to the champion by the to way to the champion not so, the US men's team so they've tw- never been the champions they haven't no right. that was to the champion not just the US men's team um the uh we could also see that in 2019 so the women's prize pool the total prize pool for all of the people who were involved in the tournament was 30 million dollars for the whole prize pool the men's total prize pool in 2018 was 400 million dollars hmm. so you're seeing there's a pretty big difference there one thing that is important to note is that the men's championship payment of 38 million was nine percent of the total prize pool and the women's championship payment was 13 percent of the total prize pool so actually they were paid a higher percentage of the total prize pool now, you have to note that the prize pool was uh, a lot different. Drastically Very different. Very different. And I, from what I found on that, that was due to pure sexism. But yeah. <laughs> no. Pure misogynistic tendencies. Yes, yeah, that's what it was. But also, something else that it might have been. Well, well, hang on. We can hang out here yeah. for a little bit. Because I, I, I want to get into the fact that what we're going through right now, everything that we've explained when it comes to ticket sales, how many people attended... All of the, the the TV revenue, how many people watched, the ad revenue that happens from all of that, that is that's what explains the very different prize pool amount that's allotted, right? Because you know everyone takes their cut. It's a business. This is a business. Yep. They exist to make money. So we're going to get into standard business practices here in a second. Um, so a forty, what was it, fifty? Uh, $38 million prize pool versus a $400 million prize pool? Uh, it was a, <clears throat> the women's was $30 million and the men's was 40, $400 million. Yeah, $30 million to $400 million. That's a lot. That's a lot of zeros difference. Yeah. 
And so when you look at that, you ask you you have to ask, okay, how did these prize pools end up so different? Now, this must be the fact that basically FIFA for the women's side, they just stole a lot more money and they didn't give as much to the prize pool than the men did. Yeah, they just held out and they knew that they could hold out because they were dealing with women, so they just kept more money yeah. for themselves and uh they kept a lot higher percentage and and that's just the way it is these days. Which which isn't true. Yeah, no, you, you can't can, tell her. If it makes you feel better to arrive at that conclusion, then you can if you would like to, but that's not what the numbers show. It's not the truth. It's not the actual truth. And, and that's what we like to get here. Sometimes the truth is really, really harsh. You know, I, I wrote an article on this today and I worded it I worded it in an obvious way that it's gonna make some people mad. And I, I you could you could tell the people listening I was nervous to put it out with that title. I really didn't want to. I made you. I sent it to my wife. I was like, what do you think of this? And she's like, eh, maybe, maybe not, maybe not. So I made you do it. You did. Because, Blame me. I mean, it's the, it's the original title I came up with, and let's just be true to our nature. At least pe- when people come to goodmorningliberty.us, they know they're not getting anything that's watered down. They're Ain't getting, no fluff. Yeah, unfiltered whatever you think it is, is going to be coming right out all the time. So I, I entitled the article that after studying the numbers, it's clear that the U.S. women's soccer team is paid too much money. <laughs> Which could <laughs> ruffle some feathers. It Let's, could. Yeah. But I did I put a disclaimer on our Facebook post with it because I, I, I don't actually think that the women's team needs to be paid less. Like that, right. that's not what I'm saying. It's just a sarcastic comment on, on the situation here. But when you can compare the two, and we're not even getting into the, you know, that that there really is no differences between men and women. We're not even getting into the. Yeah, gender. we're not talking about yeah. There's any whole, genetics right now. Nothing. There's a whole gender discussion. No that biology we can get into. right now. Right. But it's a uh, purely numbers right now. So the would you like to know what the actual revenues for FIFA were for the uh, for the World Cup women's versus men's? Yes. What was the overall revenue 2019 Women's FIFA World Cup? $75 million. That's a pretty good chunk of change. It's a lot of money. For somebody to, come, for somebody to bring in. And their prize pool was $30 million. Hmm. Yeah. So quick math on that. That's just a little it's under 50%. 40%. So that comes out to 2018 Men's World Cup FIFA income. Well, it had to be about $75 million. Yeah. Six billion dollars. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a difference there. So if bit. you if you don't think any extra hot dogs were sold, <laughs> the couple extra hot dogs, <laughs> there were definitely some more hot dogs sure. sold. Now, what the men's prize pool comes out to is like it's like seven eight percent of of what the total income was for FIFA. The so, men actually got hosed. <laughs> so you're <laughs> saying the happened. men aren't paid enough? Yeah, the men got screwed. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's so. That's where my <laughs> we're gonna get so many haters. Just that's, bring out, send the hate mail. The uh, the numbers, by the way, are hard to find on this because if you search any of this, even if you even if you just search men's FIFA revenue, all you get are just pages and pages of slanted articles on the women not being paid enough. And you have to really go through there to find some numbers because, number one, these people don't really want to put the real numbers in their articles. I read an, uh, I read an article from Splinter, and it's just, you know, honestly, it's, it's time I'm never going to get back, and I don't know if I can come to terms with that. <laughs> but it was so 
slanted. It was like this was the biggest TV viewership in history for ESPN. And it and so I'm like, okay, well, what channel was the men's on? Right. <laughs> you know, it's just like stuff like that. Right. I, they don't talk about any anything like that. Maybe it was ESPN. I don't know. But when you have to put little qualifiers on there, like, well, the top five men are paid twice as much as the top five women. Okay, well, what happens when you take all 28 players on, on each team? Right. You know, why didn't you just do the 28? Because the statistics weren't in your favor whenever you did that, or you would have just taken the 28. Right. They came up, they cherry-picked the number that made the gap as big as possible. So, because more than likely, the couple guys at the top are making a, a crazy amount of money. I don't right. know. I don't know how they pay this out, actually. So, they, they can cherry-pick these statistics. You have to watch... In statistics, anytime you see someone select a date range, you see someone select an age group, you see someone select the TV viewership for this channel, but not mention the other channels, uh, they're cherry picking that for a reason. It's, it's like if I were to tell you, listen, the, the terrorists are not an issue in the US. If you take the amount of people killed in the United States by Islamic terrorists from 2002 to 2019, it's actually only like 25 people. Versus the right-wing, you know, Islamophobic, homophobic people, yeah. Planned Parenthood haters. Now, in saying this, I'm not saying there's some kind of issue with Islamic terrorists. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. But did you hear when I said that, I picked a date, I picked a year, to call my statistic from. I picked 2002. People, well, what happened if you went back to 2001? I don't want to talk about what happens if it goes back to 2001. Oh. I picked 2002. And so that's what stick, people do. Stick to the conversation. Yeah. I, don't straw man me. <laughs> I, I said 2002. We're, we're not talking about 2001. That's what people do in statistics all the time. They could say they've lost, they've lost nine out of their last 10 games. And what you could have written an article about was how they just won this really great game or some, something like that. You know, like they don't want to mention that they'll do this in sports statistics all the time. If you want to make someone sound good or bad, you'll pick a number and you'll say, well, three out of the last five times they've done this. And why didn't you just pick all 10 times that something happened? Mm-hmm. Because the last five were the ones that supported your, your theory that you're talking about. So anyway, uh, long story short on that, be careful with, statistics that you can easily manipulate them in any way you want to. You always have to question why someone picked a date range, why some of these articles pick the top five players for the men's team versus the top five players for the women's team uh, when they could have just taken the men's team versus the women's team. Obviously, the top five supported their their uh, hypothesis more than if they just would have taken the entire team. What other, what other numbers you got here for us, Nate? Um, well, so I had numbers from, I know that number of 75 million for the women's and 6 billion for the men's was, is pretty crazy, uh, really. So I, I wanted to find some other ones cause I was like, man, that is a massive, massive discrepancy in the, in the income. Um, the other number I found, uh, hard data on was in 2011. Uh, and I actually don't know who was playing in 2011 in the world cup. I, I couldn't tell you that, but I can tell you that the, the women's world cup brought in $5.8 million. And the men's afterwards, um, it brought in, 
Oh, wait, was that before? 2012. Yeah. So the men's brought in over uh, $1 billion in revenue. Still a really, while, big, while, really big difference. While the women's brought in $5.8 million. So it, we can't just look at these, just look at this and say, look at that. You know, that's not really something that you can do. You can't say, well, they make 40% less than the men, so obviously this is due to sexism. Right. That You can't. Well, I know what it is. What you're trying to say, Nate, even though you're married, I want to put this all in one thing, one sentence for you. Everything you just explained, I know you're married. Lacey's a great woman. But in essence, you just hate women. Obviously. That must be it. I just, I just, uh, that's why you talk about all this stuff. I grew up hating women. You know, that's just the way I was raised, just like you were, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So raised by a single mom to yeah. so just tell me that all women suck. There's no way I came from a single mom living in a trailer park in right. some little bitty town out in the middle of nowhere. There's no way that happened. I must have grown up to hate women. Exactly. For sure. That's I, what all this means. I hate strong women. That's <laughs> that's my least favorite thing in the world. <laughs> We're probably two of the biggest mama's boys you'll ever meet in your life. I mean, Nate, you're you literally to this day, even even though you have you know a wife of your own, and now you are started your own little venture, you still to this day every single time go see your mom for every single holiday. Oh yeah, you never leave her alone for any of that. No, she's married now. And she's has, married. Yep. Yeah, she's got her own thing it's, going on. It's difficult. I'll tell you. Um, this is one thing that I, I. It's hard to explain to people, but being an only child is is difficult um, from my mom, only, only child. I do have a, um, I've got a half brother, I have sisters, so brother and sister. Yeah. Um, so being an only child on that side is kind of, it has its own set of, uh, I don't know, just your own set of circumstances that you have to, uh, that you have to think about that maybe a lot of other people don't, where maybe if you've got a brother or a sister that lives close by or something like that, they maybe they maybe they are there for a holiday or for a birthday, and you you know maybe if you're busy or something like that, you, you just end up one. deciding. So, yeah. I mean, I don't want to do that. I don't want to skip any, but there but there is that sense of you know you you're the only child. You know you've you don't have any brothers or sisters to to pick up for you if you drop the ball on being a good son <laughs> sometime right. you know it just uh that doesn't that doesn't work out very well and then adding in a you know only child of a single mother uh that's you know that's just a that's a whole movie in itself mm-hmm. right there you know that's basically eight mile you right know? <laughs> right <laughs> it's different from eight mile i'll say right. i'll say that not what quite street did you grow up on um Man, what? So our trailer park was on Fairground Road. It was an old fairground. Hmm. Um, That's why it was uh, so flat out there. Yeah, it was an old fairground. Nice. And so they, when they uh, basically, when the carnival left, it was just the trailer still there. And yeah, (laughs) no, they uh, they took the ground and made it into a trailer park, and uh, that was, you know, that that was fine. I didn't. There's nothing wrong growing up at trailer. I, mean, I grew up in a trailer right down, literally right down the road. Yeah, from very, you. very close. On 6th. Yeah. On 6th. 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 I won't try that. You try to say that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And we were actually really close to each other. So. Yeah. And then I moved to 7th Street. I remember, I never know if my mom likes me to tell these kind of stories, but we moved from Fairground Road to uh, to 7th Street to, a, you know, 
just maybe a little bit nicer. It's not like the trailer park was amazing or anything, and uh, they were just the the utmost out like upstanding people there. Uh, so we decided to get out of there, but it you had to pay someone to hook up to your trailer mm-hmm. and move it over to the other street, and that was expensive. Um, so we, I remember helping my mom roll, we, we rolled pennies and nickels and dimes on the floor of the living room for, for quite a while trying to gather up enough money to pay the person to move our trailer. This is back before corn, Coinstar existed. Yeah, no, there was no Coinstar. You used to do the same thing. Yeah. With uh, my, with my mom and my grandmother. Yeah. You had to sit there and count out all the little piles of all the money and all that and, mm-hmm. and stuff the, stuff them in the thing. So. We don't like, no, we don't say any of this because we had a bad childhood. Like our childhood no. was amazing. No, I varied. I mean. I'm, I look back, there's nothing bad from my childhood right. at like, all. We had a great time. And yeah. like, I think, I don't want to speak for you, but I think you can say the same thing. Like our mom and we lived with our grandmother too. I, I didn't really know I was poor, you know, looking back now and everything I know now, like, yeah, we were really poor, but I never knew it at the time. Like I just, my mom loved us and we did everything we could to scrape by. And we like, we didn't get to go out. We didn't go on vacations and we got McDonald's was our treat once a week after church. And that was like a, a big treat. My mom had 20 bucks to spend to take three boys out to McDonald's after church. And that was a big deal. But, but I, I can't appreciate enough how I grew up. Oh, it's important. I know there's a ton of people out there that experience the same type of thing where you're like, you know, life's not fair. The cards that I've been dealt's not fair. And we know exactly what you're talking about. When you you grow up thinking, you know, why do why do other people have more than me? Why is this not fair? Why I love my mom. She's a great person. Why couldn't she, you know, get the better paying job that she deserved? And, you know, my mom and I think your mom, they did the best they could. And they instilled in us, and they're both doing great now. Like well amazing. Well, and they instilled in us the values and the principles of what uh, hard work and honesty can provide for you. It's what causes us. It, it's why we are the way we are right now. And me, I mean, I grew up, I saw my dad too. I know you weren't, you weren't around your dad that much, right. but I saw my dad too. And I, I live with him. I, I grew up with like two different, like double lives basically. Cause I was a son of a single, you know, a, a single, mom most teacher, of the time. you know, most right. of the time. And then I went to my dad's and I was a farm boy working on a farm. So double hard work learning all, right. all the time, you know, work, work hard if you want to earn things. And I think what really turned it around for us, you know, my mom was a teacher is, um, when we started, uh, cooking meth, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> That's when things really turned around for you, isn't it? <laughs> things really got crazy after that. Yeah. But I mean, it yeah. would take like five seasons to tell you that whole story. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. oh man, did you find a? Did your mom find a, a degenerate student to help out? <laughs> yeah, I was already there. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> and you guys made the best stuff in the park. Yeah, <laughs> the trailer park. Oh man. It was called, uh, it was called breaking mom. Yep. That was it. Yeah, That was it. But I guess on a more serious note, like it, it's important to note that the reason Charlie and I are talking about this is because we're not like evil monsters who have no emotions and we don't understand that people go through bad situations or live in bad circumstances. Like 
we we know that we've actually been there now mm-hmm. we had a leg up because we were there and we were white but it was you know a little bit that was a joke too right. by the way right it still sucked but uh we had we had the hardworking people that that you know really showed us that if you wanted something you had to go out and get it and you had to earn it and, and we, the, another reason why we tell this side of the story back to like what the main discussion was is that we clearly don't hate women. There's a lot of really important women in our lives that do unbelievably amazing things. And when it comes to pure economics and the stats and what happens, like this is a business. Soccer playing entertainment is a business. You have the NFL, you got the WNBA, the NBA. There's some women's football thing, I think, like some type of lingerie yeah. football or something i think i don't know i've never watched it um is that that league that like snoop dog created or something so. like that something like that <laughs> snoopy snoop league something like that snoop a loop snoop a loop the shizzle dizzle <laughs> um <laughs> oh, it, there, all of these uh whatever golf whatever it is it's all a business and nate and i you, you, we were talking about this earlier and the thing about it is is that let's say you pass a law saying that the women have to make more, right? Like, so they got 13% of the overall prize pool. Um, over 40% of the money that was taken in was given to the players. So 60% went to expenses and the people who actually started the actual tournament. So let's say you raise that to whatever, um, just like any other business, these people don't operate off of you know, 50% profit margins that doesn't exist. No. And so I'm just going to ask you a question. What happens if you, you know, strong arm these people to pay people more than what they're actually bringing in in value. And then it just disappears. So then what, what are the women going to do when they decide, well, we're not going to put on soccer tournaments anymore. Then what are you going to do? Well, yeah, the, I mean, the men's, prize pool money of $400 million was five times more money than the entire women's world cup brought in, in revenue. It might be that single prize pool might be more than the women's soccer FIFA has ever brought in in yeah. history. Yeah. It's, because in 2011, they brought in 5 million, 5 million. Yeah. And 75 million this last time. So if you go back every four years, whenever women's soccer was started. Yeah. It's in the nineties, maybe the women's, Soccer started up and for FIFA. So now here's uh, the, here's the thing: we're not saying women are bad soccer players. They're just like Nate said. They're probably just as hardworking. Sometimes might be even even harder working. Yeah, especially the ones that have kids and stuff. Like yeah, that's no joke. Yeah, and they they obviously like women's biologically their leg strength is just as good as men's. You know, the only real difference biologically is upper body strength. So as far as women running and being able to run fast and kick a ball and do all those things that they do, it's probably really awesome. Now, if we really want to know the answer to this question, uh, we would have to survey everyone that watches soccer and ask them, why do you prefer to watch men's soccer over women's soccer? Now, there's probably a myriad of reasons, I'd say. Like, I'd say men's soccer has probably been around longer. Yeah. You know, than women's soccer. And then two... Maybe people just prefer to watch men's soccer because maybe that's what they grew up watching or, or whatever it is. But you have to say the market is the market. The people that are that are going to women's sporting events just happen to be fewer than the ones attending and watching men's sporting events. Now, it doesn't mean 
that women are any less of a entertainment when it comes to sporting events. It just means that that's what the market gravitates towards. And we would have to literally survey everybody and ask them, why would, why do you prefer to attend or watch men's soccer over women's soccer? Because that's what the numbers say. It's not our opinion. It's nothing else. It's literally what the numbers say. Yeah, the worldwide number for uh, for viewership. I don't think I said this, but the worldwide viewership uh, this year for the Women's World Cup uh, was was a little over one billion people watched the World Cup. So, the men's number for twenty eighteen <clears throat> was three point five billion people. So watched. again, three to four times as, yeah. as, as much. So it, it could also have a lot to do, I don't know if it's a big, a big reason, but cultures around the world. You know, not, it, the, say what you will about Western society, but it is one of the, it is the most advanced culture when it comes to treating women equally. Yes. I mean, by far. And and what are do you think what, women in Saudi Arabia get to watch soccer? I mean, what's the number? There's a billion Muslims in the world. Is that right? Yeah, Some, around there, something I think. like that. So you have to take into account other cultures that just will not watch women playing sports. And I'm not saying that that's like how most people are around the world, but there are a large number of people like that around the world. Mm-hmm. So already there's a disadvantage right there. I mean, these numbers, the number the amount of money that the women are getting paid is purely in the hands of the public. This is not, this has nothing to do with FIFA or with even with their, their unions and the collective bargaining. It all has to do with the public. And when the public decides that they enjoy watching women's sports as much as they do men's, then the money will be there. But until the women are bringing in the same revenue as the men, you cannot be expected to get paid the same as the men. And I can tell you this: if the women were bringing in the men's numbers and the men's were the men were bringing in the women's numbers, I would be saying the same thing. Yeah, it's economics. That, That's yes, all it is. That that the women deserve if they're bringing in four hundred million in prize money versus the men only bringing in forty million in prize money, whatever that is, or thirty million that giant difference, then the women would be deserve, deserve to pay, be paid way more than what the men are. Yeah. Now that's not to say that there isn't some empirical evidence where a man and a woman who are the same age, same education, same experience, work the same exact job for the exact same company. And the women, the woman is paid a little less than the man is that happens. It does happen. And a lot of that has to do with negotiation and a lot of it has to do with with choices and with interests, but I did find a list, and this was really hard to find too. But there are a lot of advantages that women have. There are a lot of advantages that men have. There are a lot of disadvantages that men have, and a lot of disadvantages that women have. They all, it's all we're not the same people. Like we all talk about diversity. Yeah. Jesus, we're so diverse. Not only by your not only by your sex or your gender, or whatever, even if you're fluid, I don't care. We're all so diverse because we're all unique individuals. Like I'm six, seven, Nate, you're only six, two. That's not fair. Mm-mm. Is it? No. When you no. stand in front of me, at a why concert. did you choose to only be six, two? <laughs> Just that's not my born. fault. Right. We talk about, um, you know, including people in diversity and this is what everybody's all about. And we're all one and blah, 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 blah. 
Well, we're not. We're just not. We're all different. We're all individuals. And we're that's that's what makes life not boring. God, if we were all the same, we wouldn't exist because somebody if we were all the same somewhere, one of our ancestors 10 million years ago would have killed killed us all because it would be so freaking boring. But I, <laughs> but I found a list. It's 10 jobs where women earn more than men. So I don't where's the protest? Uh, social worker, 7.8% more pay difference. Women earn a dollar eight for every $1 men make as a social worker. Now, why would that be sexism towards men? No. If you think about a social worker, those are people that care for other people. It's very difficult job. And why would you think that women would make more in this job? Uh, well, on average women are, or if you if you look out across the spectrum, women just happen to be more compassionate than men are. So if if I'm if I'm somebody that's let's say I have a family member that's mentally handicapped, uh, do I want a man taking care of that person or a woman or whatever children, whatever it comes down to? A lot of times you're going to trust a woman over a man. That's just the way it is. I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that, okay, so social worker, women make more. How about a merchandiser? So women who make merchandise or anything like that, 7.6% pay difference. And I'll go through the list. Research assistants, research assistant, 6.6% more. Purchasing specialist, 5.5% more. A physician advisor, communications associate, social media professional. So it, te- it seems to be that businesses who want to have a social media professional on their team or let's say a digital marketer or whatever women are trusted more to do that um health educator a procurement professional i'm not exactly sure what that technically is they pro- procure things it sounds important or a business coordinator so those are those are 10 things there's also 10 things where men make more so there's all kinds of there's all kinds of things where there's a lot of let's say diversity. Yeah. I and love the diversity thing because we're all we're different and you have to be okay with that, but we're the same. And you have to be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're same we're different but same. Same yeah, same. Same same. Same same. Ah. <laughs> you it, can say in these statistics like okay, women uh more so than men, women will gravitate towards things where they're going to be dealing with people. That's what a lot of those jobs had to do with. Mm-hmm. You could look at that on a biological scale and say, well, why would women be better at dealing with people? Why would they have more compassion? Well, because women have children. The men don't have children. No. That's not like a, that is not some kind of inflammatory statement, anything. Uh, women have children, men, men don't. Right. So, and women are, all women are capable. Yeah, women women have to care for their infants. Right. So I I think there's an argument to be made that there would be some kind of a biological marker in there for being more compassionate towards people. I yes. think that's something you'd have to or otherwise you would end up you know, maybe not being great to your baby. I'm not sure. <laughs> you would have to. Right. You would have to. So you can make that case. Now with the physical strength, you said that women have, what was it, the same, the lower body was... Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's comparable. When it's, it, it's the main difference is upper body strength. When it comes to, people don't like it when you say, well, on average, men are 
faster than women. You just say that. Well, the first thing someone's going to say is, well, there's this one woman that's like way faster than a bunch of men, you know, and that's true. Like there, there are always statistical outliers, but by and large, uh, men can run faster than women. The way that you know that is there are a lot of women that can run faster than a lot of men. The fastest woman can run faster than a lot of men, but the fastest man can run faster than all women. Mm -hmm. And so there's your statistical outlier, which one is going to overlap and, and overtake. I'd have to look at, you know, world record times and things like that, but this is all measured at the Olympics and stuff. Like the best of the best of each gender category goes. If I'm wrong on this, on the times, on, on, people running i will eat this right. microphone in the next episode but um, let's like let's say you look at the 10 fastest people in the world they're all men by the way they're all biologically men with testosterone and we, we can get into the science behind this right men and women produce different hormones and most men have a way higher testosterone level per deciliter of blood versus women and in fact they're trying to figure all this out with all the transgender stuff coming out and and men transitioning to women trying to compete in women's sports. Um, a lot of women think it's not fair. I don't think it's fair um, because they're trying to figure out what the testosterone levels have to be. There's a lot of men transitioning. You've seen all the stories where they're actually beating other women, uh, somewhere they're not. But the thing about it is, is that there is a biological makeup that you just can't get past. Like it's science. If we want to talk about, you know, 97% of scientists have a consensus. Yeah. By the <laughs> Bi- way, biology has the- been around for a really long time and you can do this all the way down to the molecular level. The top 10 fastest people in the world are all men, by the way. No way. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you know that? Uh, the, the internet machine. Did you go to I hate That's where I get all my information, Charlie. <laughs> where do you think I pulled all that data from? Right. Earlier? That's right. <laughs> no way. No way. Yeah. That was actually legit. So, so, okay, that's, there is some actual real data for you. And I'm not saying women aren't fast. You know, there's, there's a lot of women in my life who are way smarter than I am. And yeah. I have no problem admitting that. And there are women in my life who do work the exact same job for the exact same company who might even have more experience that do get, that do get paid less. And that sucks, Yeah, you know, and I wish that that could change. Maybe, maybe there's a myriad of factors for that. The other thing you have to think about is Women, for the longest time, as part of the family structure, across culture, by the way, not just in America, but historically and cross-culturally, women have played the role of being the, the children, caregivers. It wasn't until, really, the birth control was, pill was invented in the 60s, where you've seen a lot more women that have had some freedom from their reproductive obligations to be able to participate not only participate, but take over and thrive in all kinds of industries that they just were never a part of before. Not because somebody was holding them down, but mainly, okay, sometimes they're held down. I will, there's always outliers, but mainly the main cause is that women weren't just, they weren't able to, unfortunately, because of biological uh, reproductive reasons. I I would say, Going through the 1900s, you know, maybe, and you get up 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you probably had a lot higher percentage, you know, if women weren't making it further in the jobs or getting paid more, that it was 
more due to sexism than it is now. I would I would just say that. Let's say like, you know, uh, 40% of the cause in the 70s was because of just pure sexism on the part of males, whereas now maybe it's down to like 5% of the cause would, right. would be because of that. But it's still... I don't disagree with that. It's right. still... It's still a, a it's a bogus statistic that is causing this entire conversation in the first place because the t- statistic of women getting paid what is it 80 cents on the dollar 83 cents right, on the dollar something like that something like that it's it's a bogus statistic to start with and I I'm I'm surprised that we still have to talk about this but when you take into account the actual separate career fields and people who have worked the same amount of consecutive years, women actually get paid the same or more than men. When they when we take this 83 cents on the dollar, that's averaging together all career fields. And we talked about this on another episode a little while back. But you can't average together all career fields where men gravitate towards where they can uh, do uh, you know things, and women are graduate or gravitating towards people. Well, today you can program some kind of software code that's going to affect a thousand people, Charlie. But a a a teacher or a nurse or some something that more women gravitate towards cannot help a thousand people today. So in the market, you're garnering more more market value because you're helping more people at one time because you're gravitating towards things and working on a computer or doing whatever it is that you're doing. Right. Whereas someone who's working with people. You physically cannot take care of a thousand people in a day, right? So, you can't average together the men's and the women's career fields when men are gravitating towards career fields that typically pay a lot more money, and women are gravitating towards career fields that don't pay as much money. The other thing I want you to think about historically is that I've mentioned this before. There's a great book called Progress. If you Look back in time. You mentioned the 1900s, Nate, right? And how there was probably more sexism in the 70s, let's say, because women really started into the workforce in the 60s right after the birth control pill. So, yeah, I agree that there's probably a lot more sexism there because it was, a, let's say it was outside of the societal cultural norm. Okay. And so, well, the men are bad for that. Okay. They shouldn't have done that, let's yeah. say. And I agree with that. But, Okay. Let's go back to like the 1900s, early 1900s, before, let's say, even 1950. Uh, almost the entire world was really poor. Like, yeah, most, I, I can't remember the exact statistic, but even in the Western world, the richest country in the world in 1900, uh, over 90% of the population lived on less than a dollar a day in today's money, by the way. Yeah. Which means you farmed, your children farmed. Your wife farmed, your grandmother farmed, everybody worked at the house. They yeah. did everything. And in large part, uh, the wife, the, the, the mother, took care of all the children because you had a bunch of children. And the reason why you had a bunch of children is because most of them were going to die. They weren't even going to make it. Statistically, so you, you needed more kids. So you needed to have as many kids as you possibly could. And plus, you were going to die by the time you were 50. So really... You know, back then they got married at, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old when when women were able to have kids. And then you just start having kids. If you look back at all these giant families and where they come from, well, as science progressed, you know, 
more and more and more babies were able to be saved. But before that, they weren't able to be saved. And so you had as many kids as you possibly can on the hopes that a few of them would survive. And then they all worked, right? And so there was a, a large, you, what they did is they cooperated together to say, hey, we want a family. Um, you're really good at taking care of people. I'm really good at using my biological muscles out in the field. We could trade positions if you want to, but I can't physically have a baby. You physically can, which is awesome. And women are incredible for that, by the way. I have no idea how they do it. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Um, but the thing about it is, is you have to think about those kind of different scenarios. And it's not to say that there aren't outliers out there, but to fundamentally say that it's sexism and misogyny that dictates women's pay and all of this is just wrong. It's plain wrong. And if you've listened to all of this, all of the stats that we've laid out, if you read the article that Nate put out, and if you look at all those things and you still think that we're wrong and you want to call me a hater, whatever, hit me up, email me personally, charlie at goodmorningliberty.us. I want to hear it. Let's have a discussion. Yeah. Maybe even if somebody really, actually, if somebody actually disagrees and you are cordial in your response to me, charlie at goodmorningliberty.us, we'll get you on the show. That'd so, be good. I'd love to have a conversation with someone. I know. Here. Yeah. And maybe, because look, I'm not saying that I'm right. I am more than willing to admit when I'm wrong. So if you want to have a discussion and point out where I'm wrong and maybe make me reconsider, I'd love to have that discussion. And plus, it'll give you an opportunity to be on the show. Yeah. So Charlie at goodmorningliberty.us. Charlie. Yeah. I.E., <laughs> by the way, not like O. Charlie's. No. Charlie, I.E., spelled properly. You can also leave a rating and review. It's really important that you do that. We need. Where did I do that? Uh, if you're on whatever podcast app you're currently using to listen to this podcast, leave us a rating and review. If you've got a few seconds, we would really appreciate it. We really need you to do this. It's very important for us getting the show out there. Uh, you can go to BernieLies.com to read the articles uh, like this latest one on the U.S. women's soccer team uh, needing to be... <laughs> getting paid too much money <laughs> <coughs> or uh, find us on Instagram. Uh, that's good morning Liberty on Instagram, or you can find us on Twitter uh, offering an award to our 16th follower. Nice. Whoever, whoever gets on there. Yeah. Also, I want to say that we can uh, announce it's well, we're still working on some stuff, but I can, I can say for sure that Nate and I from Good Morning Liberty will be at YaleCon, Detroit. We talked about Young Americans for Liberty. We talked about the conference we went to in Memphis. We, t we interviewed Cliff Maloney, the president and CEO, all of the great things that we're doing. We're actually going to go to the one in Detroit at the end of September. So if you're heading out there, uh, we will see you there. And then we're going to be putting out some more ways for you guys to get involved. It's yeah, going to be incredible. You can check out uh, Young Americans for Liberty. Their website is yaliberty.org. Uh, go in there and see different ways that you can help them out because they're doing some good work. Actually uh, taking all of these principles, everything we're talking about, and creating a plan of action to make it really happen. So it's important. So I want to end this by saying uh, I love you, Mom. And I, I, I do love women. There are many important women in my life. And I wish I could pay them all what they're worth, which would be trillions. Yep. I just don't have it. Someday. Someday. All right, guys. Uh, share the show like Nate said. If you do that, we'll be back tomorrow. I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.